Yo, yo, welcome to the NS9 post game show. I'm your host, Anthony Donardo. With me, we have Connor. Connor, we have Why'd you another say it's Pirates so... victory. You said it with such um, <laughs> ominous. <laughs> <laughs> you said my name very ominously. I'm in a good mood today, man. Pirates win. Um, my MRI was clean, so I'm cancer free for now. So big W today, big W's on a lot of different fronts today. Lots to talk about. Interesting game. It really was. Today was a good get the part. I mean, first off, they win seven to five. They're coming off the, the series win against the Cubs, which the Cubs are battling for a playoff spot. They're in the NL central. It's also away, right? It's in Wrigley today. They're in Cincinnati facing the Reds. Also same situation, right? They're also in the NL central. They're fighting for a playoff spot, and the Pirates are doing what they need to do right now. They're they're playing spoiler, and they played. It's, it's not a Cavs hat. <laughs> Buckle Mike, you should know it's not a Cavs hat. It's a it's a Crawford's hat. So called Cavs fan, but for real, so like, called Cavs fan. <laughs> the Pirates going in Cincinnati, and it was a it was an entertaining game, like you said. There was certainly some sloppy play on both sides, right? Both sides for sure. But they come out victorious. They're playing good baseball still. They're fine. I think the correct way to phrase this one was they found a way to win. That's that's a good phrase. They they found a way to win. Four solo homers. Uh, not a lot going with runners in scoring position, but they did get they did get some across. They just they found ways to put the ball in play and and get what they needed to the reynolds q shot um the andahar that ended up being a throwing error on on la de la cruz you know there, there was some you put the ball in play and sometimes just good things will happen you know and we saw that with the reds tonight too yeah those the um was it four Hold on, let me check. Yeah, the three earned runs off of Ortiz went three. I mean, we'll talk about it later when we get more towards the pitching, but this game is just brutal to Luis Ortiz, who in that uh, fifth inning really got six or seven outs and got tagged for all three of those runs earned. Now, he didn't pitch too great tonight. It was It was more of the same stuff we've been seeing. Not so much the hard contact. Um, that was not really a, a thing that he was dealing with today. Um, but I mean, it, the control was still ex- exactly the same. Um, but today he, I think he, it, it he seemed like it was effectively deserve- wild for him. Yeah, it was effectively wild. I I wouldn't say that he deserved those three earned runs because it, it came off of two choppers. Um, 
uh, a throwing error by well not it's not an error but it he should have made the play and then another chopper that's also you you know you probably should have made the play but it's you know you're not going to assume that he does because it's a right. it's a really tough chopper and then the davis um and then henry davis slid and came up short for one which is you know i'm just going to breeze past that one not worth getting into that hole and then he it's and then he got squeezed it. he it, got squeezed it, it on it didn't one. matter at the end of the day but it just demonstrates again like the the bad defense that henry davis has at this point in time which again isn't really totally his fault he's learning this on the fly blah 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 we'll say it for the rest of the year when he makes more mistakes in right field but yeah, yeah. i mean just a bad read i mean he goes backwards it was clearly short he starts running right. up on it makes the diving attempt comes up short by catching it but no big harm in the end but you're right i mean like nothing goes down as errors we look at the game one error today that was ellie de la cruz nothing on the pirate side but it was certainly bad defense yeah um i i don't know it, it was i mean it was certainly an entertaining game yeah yeah. Also, Jared, I jokingly Jared said there was better though, defense man. by the fans. I think the fans went two for two and catching fly balls today. <laughs> yeah. The... Like they were doing their part. Yeah, they might. The Davis home run catch was pretty good. Yeah. So, like I said, so... there's but Rhett, like Pagaro, there was twice that he just didn't make a good effort, right? Decision making, the throw wasn't well. Uh, even Cabrian Hayes, like at the end of the game, throwing a second, didn't get the out there. I mean, there's a lot of times where the, the defensive play was made, right? Figueroa made the play defensively, got the ball platform and doing that, right? But then, like, that throw to first one time, a, a weak, soft throw to second the first time, uh, which is kind of like the Cabrian Hayes situation at the end. Like, he got that ball at third, just kind of softly tossed it to second, which then you got a guy in first and second, no outs. So there's a lot of that going on. Like, nothing going down in the box score as an error. But certainly sloppy defensive plays on the Pirates, and again the Reds, as mentioned, and and a hard too. I mean, not that it was. It, I wouldn't classify that as poor defensive play as much as just Andahar having no range. Well, you, there's yeah. really nowhere to. There's really just nowhere to hide him defensively. Also fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's offense. You know, it was going back and forth. You talk about the the uh, the entertaining game. Right, I guess we'll first off talk about Six Andre Jackson. Six different lead changes? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was. All in the middle <laughs> innings there. But right, I guess I get, I want to start off with Andre Jackson. Like He was the opener today. Uh, I know I've been a big proponent of Andre Jackson as a starter. Let's get away from that. Let's have I mean, Andre Jackson one time through the lineup. has actually been very, very effective. Today, right. Didn't really have not it. so much. It is what it is. Like he was all over the place. Uh, so that's what set up the game to begin with. You were a little worried today. And on the other side with the Reds, Abbott was pitching fairly effective at the beginning of the game. Um, but again, Andre Jackson gets out. He, he pitched the one inning. I mean, no big damage, right? One inning. He had the two walks. 34 two pitches, two walks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he gets out of it. It, it. was he, just to do per se. But you wanted to see you want to see better than that. 
again, especially since that was a one inning outing for him. Um, but then, like you mentioned, like Luis Ortiz came in, he was effectively wild, right? He wasn't pitching too well, but obviously the defense wasn't helping him either, right? But as mentioned, 3.2 right. him, so you're not getting a lot of length, and that's the problem you're having with the bulk guys by doing the opener and this such. Like he only goes 3.2, so your pseudo starter, which took two players to pitch, total 4.2 innings. Um, now granted, the bullpen, which we'll talk to as well did their job but yeah like five strikeouts I and mean, that's the thing too he's been up and down like he has one outing he has zero strikeouts and say so he has five strikeouts you know i mean of course he had like many attempts because the batters kept coming it's for him been, in those innings it's been more bad than good recently it it has he's 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 put a couple of stinkers together in a row now where it's just like all right i think this is this is probably regression to the mean Yep, for sure. But again, you know, again, we talked to three, the three walks. I mean, he was certainly wild, but he was getting the strike. Like the slider was working for him today. You know, he was getting swing and misses with it. Um, he was able to strike out guys. The defense behind him wasn't helping him. Uh, and that's what alluded to the three earned runs, right? Made this a close game. Uh, but yeah, like the, the offense, like you mentioned, the offense came about then. Abbott was pitching well. So he started looking kind of wild himself. And now granted too, how Henry Davis hit that one ball. <laughs> I yeah, mean, I how, know. how up in the zone was that? He got to it and hit it out of the park. Uh, that's, that's not really any fault of Abbott. That's kudos to Henry Davis. Yeah. That's at his shoulders. That, that, but he had that big home run today. It, it's not quite the pitch that Andahar swung at in St. Louis, but it's, it's pretty close. <laughs> It had them vibes. It's like what how, it, how it was that a happened. good it was a good like two and a half, three baseball diameters up out of the zone. <laughs> right. I don't know. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe he needs to stop swinging at strikes and start swinging at those pitches. I don't know. Cause the other way around ain't working right now. Uh yeah, I mean, he's, he still he just looks bad. He looks really bad at the plate. And there's just they're not throwing him the fastball. And until he proves that he can lay off or take, you know, take the breaking pitch when it's a ball and hit it when it's a strike, at least occasionally, he's not going to see any fastballs. You know, if you can throw your breaking pitch for a strike or at least close to the zone, you have a viable way to get Henry Davis out. Very much so. Yep. And that's, again, like three more strikeouts today. I mean, it's it's been strikeout city since his return. Uh, from the Ielston he had outside of a few hits that he has. I feel like every game you see a sign where he looks like, okay, maybe this is going to break him out. And then it's negated by, well, like three strikeouts today, right? Um, so another plate appearance where he just looks awful. So I don't know really what's up with him. I'm, I'm concerned for the rest of the season, not like his <laughs> career outlook. But uh, this this certainly is concerning from Henry Davis. Well, if the way he looks if you play. have competent instruction and a competent philosophy, your one one pick shouldn't struggle. Not like this, at least no. And Andy, I know Andy also who also had a home run, which was not a cheap shot. That was pretty well struck. Um, he's also been really struggling. Pagaro's hit kind of a wall here in the past couple of weeks. I mean, it's. Mm -hmm. 
the only rookie who's really hitting is Jared Triolo, and we'll get him into him a little bit later. But I don't think it's a coincidence that the people who are struggling the most on this team are the people who have only known Andy Haynes and the Pirates hitting philosophy their entire professional careers. Other outside of Andy, which is like that goes back to you know 2018 when he was in rookie ball, so I don't think that really counts. But it's just sure. uh, yeah. It just but, kind um, of it's kind of nonsense that they think that this is still because all of these guys were having success at one point. All of these guys looked like major leaguers and were hitting major league pitching at one point. And the adjustment period has for Pagero, it's kind of getting there, but for Andy and Davis, the adjustment period has kind of dragged on now where it's just like all, all right, you you know, <laughs> time for you to move out of this adjustment period, right? Yeah, and I feel that. I mean, the rookies are going to struggle, but you're coming to the point now where you want to start seeing that progression again, right? You want to see things start clicking, start coming together. Right. With Henry, maybe there's the injury linging. There's not too many excuses in the sense of like Endy. Um, Henry Davis, like you mentioned, you, you could, maybe he's not fully healthy. I don't know. But again, like he, the way he played in AAA for that short time there, you would think that's not the case. But uh, at any rate, yeah, you, like, you want to see them play a little bit better. But you are right. I mean, Andy crushed that baseball. 431 feet, 105.8 miles per hour exit velocity. I mean, just demolished it. So, I mean, great job by him. Um, and let's also talk about, if we're talking about homers, I mean, Cabrian Hayes let up. He had that home run. Now, that was a wall scraper. That that wasn't a no-doubter was. by him. However, but it was oppo. However, we're still, we are still talking about Cabrian Hayes. And he goes two for... Four or three. Let me look it up. Two for four with a walk and a home run. His OPS is now at 786. Connor, Cabrian Hayes, September 22nd, OPS 786. It's going to pass Sawinski here soon. Sawinski's when, at 788. To have a small glimpse, because I know it's a post game. I don't want to talk too much about 2024 and get that aspect, but like, I mean, it's this towards the end of the year. This makes me kind of feel a little more at ease about the future and outlook. Like the reason I was so down on this team this year is because of how bad Brian Reynolds was playing, how bad Cabrian Hayes was playing, right? Like the vets, the guys that were here were regressing. The rookies will struggle. It's fine. I get that. But the guys that are here are regressing and not playing well. I'm feeling much more hopeful now. And, and again, the way Cabrian Hayes is playing and consistently still playing, Makes me feel much more than hopeful. Like, Cabrian Hayes is a dude right now. An absolute dude. He is just, dude. he won't stop hitting. He refuses to stop hitting. You, He just refuses to. Every night, it's at least one hit. Usually multiple. And we're not even just talking like, okay, he's good for average, right? He, he gets hits. He's collecting hits. Like, the dude is hitting them out of the park. Like, the power. That we've been talking about, right? When we scream yes. and discuss about exit velocity and, and his, his launch angle, and like what he needs to do to be a better baseball player, like that is all coming together. And this is why he did it. There was still a lot every, of hype. He did all of the things that, you know, everybody, every single little bit of analysis that went into Brian Hayes, it was, it was just very simple. He's hitting the ball extremely hard. He needs to elevate it more and he needs to, stop hitting it the other way so much to tap into that poolside power. And he did it. 
He did it. He's just he's done it, and now he's a good player. Amazing. There's, like, and that's what we're talking about. Amazing. He is a staggering. dude now. The power, like he is on a 30 home run like pace right now. Like this isn't just Ryan Hayes who's gonna maybe hit for 290, which would be amazing, right? And like 12 to 15 home runs. Like, this is a guy who's batting like 300 plus, 30 home runs plus. Like, this is what we're getting now. Granted, it's still small sample to the degree, right? I'm gonna stroll under like 40 games of like this torrid stretch. But man, oh man, Cabrian Hayes is still doing it. Like, that's the thing. I don't think like much is gonna change from today to the rest of the season. But if he does continue this for the rest of the season, I mean, you are looking at like a legit 50 game stretch of Cabrian Hayes being a total dude. And I can't I stop talking about it and being excited. I think about we're it. at this point with him where it's just like, he's going to be 26 next year. I think 26, right? Uh, I want to double check because like, I want to say yes, but is it 27? No. Yeah. He's 26 and a half. So actually, yeah, he'll be 27 in June or January. So he'll be 27 next year. I think that now is the point where I think he really had to show you something or you would just like completely give up on him really ever improving because that's usually about the time where it's, you know, if you're not anything with the bat by 26, your odds of being something are like really low. Yeah. So statistically yep. speaking, he really had to show improvement this year, and boy, has he. So I think you can expecting this can we should be expecting them, and the pirates should expect themselves to be a playoff team next year. They're a playoff team, you know, in part because of Cabrian Hayes being the player that he can be, which he doesn't have to be at this level. He just has to be an above average hitter and he's a damn fine player. And I don't want to get too, like I said, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because it's still small. Like I'm not saying we should expect this, but this is Andrew McCutcheon level type of play. We're talking about like, that's what Cabrian Hayes is doing. And if, if, if you're hoping for a league average hitter, Cabrian Hayes, that could get you three to four and occasionally a five war season because of that. He's Again, I don't like I I don't want people expecting this, but he is playing at Andrew McCutcheon. He's playing in an MVP level. level. Right. He is playing in a manner that will get him MVP votes next year. What this team lacked is the star power. There's a lot of depth. You were hoping Cruz could be that. We lost this season. We still don't know. And I, I'm not saying again to plug in Key as that guy. But if you get Cabrian Hayes to be anything near Andrew McCutcheon level, that changes everything right now. It does. It really does. And, you know, I Brian Reynolds, as much as I love him, the level that he's at, if he is your team's best player, unless you have just a very well-rounded team, you're probably pretty mid. And that's fair. And, and that's, that's just why the reality of it. Brian Reynolds, Brian Reynolds is a very good player. He is absolutely worth the $100 million they gave him and then some. That contract was well under his market value. Yep. That said, if he's your best player, you're probably 
not a great team. You can be a good team, but not a great one. For sure. So again, I'm just so elated by Cabrian Hayes, and he does it every night and every post game. We get to talk about him, and that's such a good vibe right now. That is such a good thing to be doing in September. Uh, and again, the Pirates are winning. Like he is a big part of that, and that's what I want to talk about too. So something I want to talk about today is the Palacios quote, and he he said, uh, I know I don't know word for word, but more or less he was saying that there was a team meeting, and they talked and they said they want to treat the rest of this year. Like it's the playoffs. And I loved every bit of that. That is exactly what I wanted to hear. It's it's exactly what I wanted to hear because there isn't there hasn't been a whole lot of urgency coming from management. There there's certainly it's certainly not coming from Travis Williams. It's certainly not coming from Bob Nutting, right? And it sure hasn't come from Ben Sherrington largely. Now he did give out some quotes that they expect to compete in 2024 for the playoffs. But that was after Leover Peguero went out and told reporters, you know, Hey, we expect to be in that position by this time next year. You know, we expect to be that playoff team. And last time around, I mean, it was the, the same deal. You know, ownership wasn't more urgent last time. The general manager was a little less passive, but you know, there wasn't any, true urgency to win coming from from Huntington either it came from the players and it's going to have to come from the players again this time and so getting guys like Leover Peguero or even just Josh Palacios who just have that fire in them who will who are not have the fire in him because that makes it sound like Reynolds and Hayes and, and McCutcheon don't they do they're just not the kind of leaders to talk about it they're they're not going to Andrew's not a speech guy. Reynolds isn't not a, the rah-rah leader. Yeah, no, Reynolds isn't a big speech guy. That was AJ Burnett. That was, you know, the, all the guys that you would associate, Travis Snyder, all the guys that you would associate with those teams, those were guys who pressed, you know, the team into competing vocally. Yep. You know, the other guys did it with their play alone, but it was, you know, you need those outspoken guys too. For sure. And, you know, for a team, as we talk, like there's not much for this team to play for right now. I mean, they're not in the in the hunt, right? This, I, I love every bit of it because winning still matters to them. And that's what, you know, when, after the trade deadline on Starbucks, like Jim and I talked about, like, what do you want to see the rest of the year? And we talked about different guys and whatnot, but winning was a big part of it. Like you, you have pretty much the core of your 2024 roster on this team right now. Yeah. Winning matters. You want to get that mentality. You want them to go out there to try to win baseball games. So to hear Palacios say that, and on top of it, it is what they've been doing since the trade deadline. Like they are a winning baseball team since then, but to still know like it really matters, they care, and they're going to treat this like the playoffs right now. They're beating teams that are fighting for the playoffs right now. Like this is, I love every bit of that quote, and I love that that is the mentality this team is carrying right now. Yeah. Can we, do we, should we talk about the David Ross thing? I don't really care to. Maybe it's yeah. just me. Like, I guess we're talking about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look what you've done. Sorry. <laughs> My point of view on that, what do you want him to say? Like, if I'm a Cubs fan, if I'm a Cubs player, we should be beating the Pirates. We need to be beating teams that are better than the Pirates. 
if we can't beat the Pirates to get in the playoffs, what are we doing? Like, we have to beat, to kind of quote a pitcher from the Mets, the shitty Pirates. <laughs> and if we can't do that, what are we doing trying to get a, you know, a spot in the playoffs? So, like, I don't, I don't take what David Ross said. I mean, I'm sure the players on the Pirates are going to take it a certain way as Burn Reynolds did and whatnot and fans. But, like, honestly, he, he needs to send that message to the Cubs. This team is bad, and you, you sucked and lost to them. You're going to play for playoffs? You can't beat the Pirates. So that's yeah. just my take. So going into a little bit of the other pitchers we used tonight, um, Jose Hernandez, um, I don't know. I, I felt that he didn't, again, he didn't pitch. It, it's a little like Ortiz. I don't think he pitched badly. I mean, he just got really, really squeezed on that zone. There was a really bad non-strike call against him tonight. Um Hunter Stratton, I don't know why he's here, really. Um, I don't know who's worse, him or Selby. I mean, obviously by the numbers, it's it's Selby. But well, yeah, there's by the there's, numbers it doesn't get much worse. It do, by the numbers it well, doesn't get much worse. But I don't Hatch was bad, but I don't understand why they optioned hatch and kept stratton around and selby because when when stratton comes in it's just there's he has almost the same command issues as as selby does but not the stuff yeah i guess i see that viewpoint on that same sense i kind of look at it as i mean they're all interchangeable for the most part hatch is meh like i don't care to see him on this team so if it's Hunter Stratton to, to get his opportunity and get his taste in the majors and see a little bit from him, uh, whatever. Like it's all yeah. just meh. You know, it, it's all also, interchangeable. It's also a big reason why I, I don't really fault anybody for fault anybody on the field for Stratton being in this game in this position. Yeah. And, and like same these, with Selby. There's like if you have them on the roster, you have to use them. Yeah. Well, yeah. And especially when you have Which, Four point two innings out of your first two pitchers from this game, you you need bullpen arms. But yeah, I like this one thing too. Like he's he's gotten results. You know, like I don't really look at Hunter Stratton and say, "Ooh, good reliever." Like Majinski, we'll talk about. You know, it just it's it's whatever. But let's talk he's, about Majinski he's a guy. because Majinski. Well, I, I is wanted to touch on Hernandez a little bit before. Oh, I mean, okay. It's just just a brief thing. The velocity is is pretty down with him. He hit ninety five tonight, but he was mostly sitting ninety three, ninety four again. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. He's pitched more innings than he ever has, right? And I know we, you know, well, he's a reliever. How how could he be tired? It's those rest days that starters get are important. He's well, he hasn't pitched more innings than he ever has. He's pitched more innings than he has since he was a rookie, uh, since he was in rookie ball. Sorry. Um, and that was when he was working as a starter and got, I think, 14 starts in, in rookie ball. Um, but the velocity is down. And I think it has to do with just the, the workload that he's been given because, you know, you're not as a reliever, you're not going five days in between your appearances. It's still a grind. Even for relievers, it's a grind. You know, even me, though the innings are a lot smaller, it's 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 still. Well, and you're going max effort too, like every time. Right. It that's yeah, that's the other thing you need to take into account there. 
Yeah, I kind of look at him. I mean, it's it's been disappointing to see that how it's ended up, right? But he's a Rule 5 draft pick. And I don't think he should be handed anything, you know, going to next year. But I feel like I've seen enough of him for the majority of the season to say, I'm still intrigued. Maybe he's wearing down. You know, maybe it's something else right now. It is the end of the season where it's all happening. Like, I feel like if this was at the beginning or the middle of the season, there'd be more concern. But it's at the end of the season. All things you said are true. I'm still intrigued. We'll say that word. If, by if, Jose he Hernandez. To, if, if he comes into camp and he has the velocity again, I think he's a solid bet to make the bullpen. I think That's he is because the way, that, the way that he was pitching earlier in the year when he had all of his stuff, it was pretty good. Yep. Yep. As About exactly as good as that. you can expect from a rule five player. You can't expect a Rule 5 relief pitcher to do much better than he has this year. Correct. So let's let's talk about Carmen. Because oh, Carmen so Majinski is just... I don't know if nasty is the right word, but he's good. He, he's, he's good. He's finding a role. And he now has his ninth hold, a 1.93 ERA. Dude just finds a way to get it done yeah he does i don't i don't know what to say he's been really good um you know obviously reliever variability you can't count on anybody to be the same next year but boy does he look like a <laughs> a good option <laughs> yes. i'd say sub two era place <laughs> it does i've heard intrigued I'm more than intrigued. No, this is this intrigued. past intrigued. Like Carmen Majinski, I don't, I'm not sure if I can say he's a dude yet. Also, just a reliever in a sense, but I like what I see. We another thing is something, especially I've harped on, is like to to be to cheat yourself to being a better team than what you should is having a good bullpen. If you can have a really good bullpen, good. you can be a good team, and. You're starting to see that right now. Well, look at the are. Brewers' offense, right? The Brewers' offense is pitiful. They they've gotten to where the, they've gotten to the playoffs from just having all this good pitching. They literally have not lost a game by more than three runs in September. Yeah, I mean they have. I'm not even sure if they. Too, I'm not even but, sure if they've lost a game by three runs. Good call. And I always go back to the Orioles also, like last year. I mean, the Orioles were young, right? Like you would like to see maybe the 2024 Pirates be somewhat like the 2022 Orioles. And they did it. They had a really, really good bullpen. And they still do. It carried over, right? And they're one of the best teams in baseball. So, you know, you are starting to see like, not even have to really, really squint, but you're starting to see a very capable bullpen that could come in 2024. I don't know if there's a ton of depth. Like that's what the team's going to have to look into because you know they are arms, they are bullpen arms. The, the answer but, to how much depth you need is always one more with arms. That, well, yes, because that was that's that was sure. all the talk coming into this year was that all the 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 starting pitching depth they had and and look at how that worked out. You always mm -hmm. need one more. Yep. Always, always, always. And on the flip side of that, the Cardinals have an awful bullpen. They have like 27 blown saves. Last I checked. Good. Their offense is pretty good. You know, they're not winning games that they should because their bullpen is blowing so many games. And yep. David Bednar, as you know, as shaky as he has looked at times, 
leads the league in saves since the All-Star break. He has 20 saves. To touch on that a little bit, I don't know if wor- worried is the right word. He 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 looked, I mean, he was very off again today. But it's just he, one of those threw, things. With, what, how many pitches did he throw last night? I don't recall. Actually, I didn't watch the game at all last night. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell you tonight he threw 20 and 19 of them were probably balls. Yeah. That's, that's like 50 pitches he's thrown in the last two days. There you go. Okay. So that's, but, but still this isn't the first time where he's been shaky, but what I'm alluding to is he's pretty much gone out of it every single time. Like as long as I don't know how is, sustainable it is, but as he, long as he's finding ways, I'm not going to complain. That's what I'm saying. Like he, we talked about with Majinski, like he finds a way to, he's good and he finds a way to be good. And when David Bednar's off, he still finds a way and he did it today. I mean, he was all over the place, but he made it happen. No runs. And now his ERA is down to a, oh gosh, let me get it up here. Is it over two? Cause the two run yeah. he gave up last night. 2.08 right now. 2.08. Okay. So like, that's very good numbers. 37 saves, 208 ERA. I don't know. I don't know. He just, he finds ways to get results. Yeah. Can't hate on that. But anyways, so yeah, that's pretty much all the pitching. Uh, I mentioned, you know, there was the three big home runs that helped. Pirates did have nine hits in total, seven walks, 15 strikeouts. Yes, I know most of that because Henry Davis is bad when he's not really, really good. Uh, but Jared Triolo, let's finish up on him. Uh, I love me some Jared Triolo. I want to touch on Piguero first because he had a really rough day at the plate. Well, one walk, rough day everywhere. One walk, zero for four, four strikeouts, golden sombrero. Just, just a really. I mean, we mentioned earlier that he's kind of fallen off a cliff here, but I think tonight was the worst game he's had pretty much all year. Could be. Yeah, it, it could be. I'd have to look at that, but it, it it's up there. Yeah. Yeah, and again, because you tie that in with the defense, and again, even though there's no errors that are in the box score by him, wasn't the best defensive game either, bad game at the plate. So it was just a really, really bad game for Figaro, unfortunately. Yeah. Jared Triolo, though. <laughs> Why did they send this guy down again? I don't know, you know, Connor. I don't know. I don't know. I even wrote an article about it saying basically that I didn't know. <laughs> he was playing good at that time. He was playing good at the time. He was hitting 270 and getting on base like 350. Yeah. Like his best baseball came at his demotion. <laughs> I don't understand that. How he do you had get like, when you're playing at your best. He had like 0.7 B war in like 36 games. <laughs> And he was demoted for G1 Bay, who had negative war at that time. And he, he kept hitting in AAA. He got his promotion back up to the majors. And honestly, he's been doing like what I find awesome now, right? He's back in the majors is not that he's continuing to hit, but is there some power there, Connor? He hit another home run tonight. Like he's showing a little bit of power right now, too. 
there's certainly more raw that has showed than has showed up in his, you know, game lines as a player. That said, I don't think there's, you know, we're not talking about O'Neill Cruz raw. We're not talking about no. Brian Hayes raw. It's, you know, the 99th percentile outcome for Triolo over a full season is like 10 home runs. Right. But that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting to. He's more of a double. This guy. was a singles machine. Right. And now we're talking, maybe it's a guy who can get double digit home runs, which like his frame support, like he should, like if you look at him, he should be able to hit double digit home runs, right? Like this isn't just like some five, eight hundred and sixty pounds. This isn't Billy Hamilton at the plate. Put it that way. Right, right. right? Like he's six three, two twelve. He should be able to hit some power. Um, and he's showing it right now. Now, again, he had the handmade injury. Maybe that's Saflo, maybe it's starting to come back. Uh, I'm not expecting like he's a, we're not talking cruise, but he gets on base. He makes good bat to ball skills. Like he makes contact. If he can find a little bit of pop there, I mean, he is a league average hitter now. If you're getting that from your utility guy and he plays well enough defense to be a utility guy, Jared Triolo, pick great pick at first tonight, which I yes. mean should be expected from a guy who's basically the second best defender at any position in the organization, second only to Brian Hayes. The only problem is he plays the same position. You know, uh, which by the way, to rewind a tad, so we're not trading to Brian Hayes to have Jared. No, Trilla, no, anymore, we're right? not. That's, that's that's gone. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's gone. I'm it, glad it that's was, gone. Now. It was ridiculous then, and it, and it's ridiculous now. Yeah, it's even if more. You're on board that train. Now. You look like an idiot. Yeah. So I mean, but the the thing is, he's just so skilled defensively that it really translates to a couple different positions in the infield. So he mm-hmm. can give keep Brian Hayes a day off at third. And I don't think you're really worried about any of the glove. You know, you're obviously nobody no. is Cabrian Hayes, but you're not worried about like your third baseman costing you the game with a with an error if Triolo's there. You know, that's not your concern. Um, right. And he's so skilled there that it translates to second and it really translates to first. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't doubt that in an emergency situation, he could probably play an, an adequate shortstop. Right I want to see it. I, I kind of do also, but it, it's just like the problem is you got to get Piguero reps and you have Alika there. So, you know, there's kind of, I, I if you're treating these games like playoff games, you're not going to do it, right? That's that's fair. And if they are, right, you're not. But it, it is something. I, for Jared Trill to be at his best, he's going to have to be a multi-position. My biggest comp is the, the, the lesser athletic Jay Hay. You know, Jay Hay found a spot because he could play yes. every position, right? Like, like Jared Trillo needs to be that guy. He's he also played like outfield a little bit. The bat. I think he's. And, I think he played center field in the minors, a little bit, like a couple of games. Mm-hmm. He, I, from what I remember, he really was uncomfortable there. But I mean, if that was something that he could work more on, and maybe right. you know, I don't doubt that you know he could become a a corner guy. You know, if he could add corner outfield to his repertoire then he's literally just the defensive positions that jay hay played which exactly. was third base second base corner outfield and first you know not yep. that that's very useful if you have a good first baseman but but the fact that you could do it so i think that's going to bring a lot of value to jared drill right if he can be a below average hitter and be able to play all those defenses that's that's a big w that that means a lot 
that frees up a lot of roster spots. It does. You can have a Palacios on the bench if you have a Jared Triolo who's a league average hitter. Well, that's that's uh, the problem well. going into this offseason, man. It, it's how do you manage all these players that are showing you something towards the end of the season? The the Josh Palacios, the Miguel Andahars, and the Jared Triolo. You know, yeah, Kenny. I think Jared Triolo is probably in like a different class than those guys, but he's. I think he's still. I think he could still maybe be beat out for a roster spot next year, right? And it's just how do you manage that? Because there are only so many bench spots, and one of those is going to a backup catcher. Yep. And that's not going to be Henry Davis. <laughs> Probably not. No. But at any rate, let's go ahead and wrap this up here. Uh, good game. Again, good I game. I want to see more Triolo. Um I want to see more of all these guys, but they're playing good baseball. So they take the first game of the series with the Reds. Two more to come. Good stuff. Good stuff. This yeah. team is very enjoyable right now. And that's really all it you is. can ask for at the end of September. I, I really wanted Palacios to come up there in the ninth. I, I really needed Andy to get on. <laughs> There's no need. They're up. <laughs> now, if they were down, he was coming up in his inning home run. Guaranteed. <laughs> Days, I I know he didn't get in this game, but man, that is some kind of. I think Alex Stumpf mentioned this that he's hit like five Drew Sutton home runs this year. Yeah, <laughs> basically, he's oh, basically. Man. I mean, you bring up any of the you know the pinch hitter extraordinaires that the Pirates have had over the years. The Matt Joyce had a year, I think. Um, just he's. He's up there, man. <laughs> yep. So let's see if they, I mean, hopefully they don't need him tomorrow because they're winning the entire time. But if so, so be it. He'll come up the plate. They'll win anyways. But let's go ahead and get out of here. Appreciate yep. everyone for watching, of course, uh, or listening if it's the podcast. Uh, but I'll say this. If you're just listening, tune into our YouTube page and watch us as well. Well, then you have, well, then I have to see your dumb face. Well, that's his Jim stupid face for a second. Jim's stupid face and his terrible tan lines. <laughs> but no, for real, appreciate everyone for watching. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow, of course, after the game. I think it's myself and Neil. So we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Peace. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can. Uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot. But if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.